Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Pretty. Those are my kids. Hello, everybody. Now, children, what do you say when you meet a nice man? Are you my daddy? I tried so hard and got so What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 21. We are legal. <laughs> we are legal. This is episode number 21. I, of course, am Jay back bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling. Um, I mean, uh, there's a ton of stuff I'm going to get into in this show. Um, just... Uh, want to start off on a on a sad note i mean a piece of 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 my childhood got taken away this past week um throughout uh throughout high school and and college and as and as an adult i was a fan uh, of this band uh lincoln park which i'm sure a lot of people were fans of who are listening right now um and if you've been living under a rock uh you you know already that uh Chester Bennington the lead singer um committed suicide this past week in the form of of uh of hanging um <clears throat> which you know ironically is uh the exact same way that uh Chris Cornell from uh Audio Slave and 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 uh Soundgarden the same way uh he committed suicide about a month or two ago um the two were very close. Uh, I don't think. Uh, I think there's some correlation between the two of, of reasoning why this may has ha- this may have happened. I mean, obviously, from what I understand or from what I heard or read, Chester was dealing with uh, with depression for for a while, um, <clears throat> and a lot of eerie stuff has come out since then. Like uh, apparently, his wife uh, was endorsing him doing this like i I don't know if uh there's any validity or or any truth to those uh to those statements that that i read but um like i said man unfortunately uh another loss in the in the music industry another loss for for rock um uh, lincoln park like i said this was a group that uh in the early to mid 2000s was uh just all over the place in terms of of billboard charts of radio like their songs were were all over man and and <clears throat> i was a fan big time uh in terms of songs like i think their biggest hit was probably in the end that was a that was a huge hit for them um as well as breaking the habit and uh 
and um, Numb and uh, Crawling. I remember Crawling was probably the first song I've heard from them, and I was a fan instantly. Um, the just the the uniqueness of the sound to go along with the with the vocals of Chester, and then to mix that with the hip hop of uh, I forget the dude, the the second like main guy. I forget his name, but he was like a rapper who also played uh, uh like the instruments and stuff like that. Um, but they they had an interesting, unique sound, and uh, I was a fan right away. And um, <clears throat> and uh, just to hear this, man, it just it, it's a killer, man, for real. Um, first hearing about Chris Cornell a couple months back, and I was a huge fan of his. And then for Chester to do it also, it's like, what is happening? Like, what is the world coming to, man? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sucks. So, uh, I mean, you know. My heart goes out to his family, uh, and his close friends, especially the band itself, uh, Lincoln Park. Um, and I, I wrote a post on Facebook or on Instagram, and I shared it. And uh, you know, I, just to reiterate, um, you know, the mem- the memory of the music will will live on. You know, the the great music that that uh, Lincoln Park put out all those years. You know, uh, will keep this dude's uh, memory alive um it's a shitty way to go it's a crummy way to go but you know unfortunately it happened you know and i guess we have to uh we have to spread awareness for uh, mental you know mental health and uh you know depression is real man and it, and it takes lives uh so we got to be more alert more aware and uh i guess more uh you know just more aware yeah, I mean, just uh, if someone is is feeling that way, you know, we shouldn't brush it off. You know, it's nothing. You're you're thinking too much, whatever. You know, the shit is real. You know what I mean? And it's taking people away. So, you know, rest in peace to Chester Bennington. Uh, I'll be, you know, I've been listening to Lincoln Park since since I heard. <laughs> um, like I said, I've always been a fan, and I always will be. You know, so big up to Lincoln Park and. Uh, Rest in peace to, to Chester Bennington. Um, <clears throat> now, to get <laughs> this show is going to be interesting because there's a lot of stuff I'm going to get in, uh, uh, plenty of stuff I'm going to get into. First of all, technically, it is Monday. It is Monday. Uh, it is, uh, I have about a good hour and change uh, before Monday Night Raw is uh, is on the air. Um, the road to SummerSlam is, 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 on, is ongoing. It is official. SummerSlam is the next uh, major event, major pay-per-view for WWE that is coming up. Um, I believe it is August 20th, I want to say. So we are less than one month away, um, if my if my uh, notes are correct. Um, we had Raw's pay-per-view, which was uh, Great Balls of Fire two weeks ago. Um, and we had Battleground, which was last night, which was SmackDown's pay-per-view. <clears throat> um, I'm going to get into Battleground, my thoughts about it. I'm going to go through match by match, give the results. Um, if you guys want to check out uh, Steve from the s podcast, uh, he wrote a blog about Battleground from last night, uh, what he rated it, what he thought of the matches. Go check it out. Um, he posted it, I believe on, on Facebook, you can find it on the S and D podcast channel, Facebook, uh, social media pages. You can check that out, 
check out the blog. Um, uh, I'm gonna get into Battleground. I'm gonna get into, I guess, I guess a preview for Monday Night Raw because uh, from what <laughs> from what happened last week, I'm definitely gonna get uh, get in depth. I'm gonna get into what happened last week for sure with Kurt Angle's announcement that uh, he has a uh, he had an illegitimate son apparently who is now very known. And uh, his son is Jason Jordan from American Alpha. And I'm going to get into that in a few. Um, but like I said, we're going to mainly get into Battleground. This isn't going to be a long show. I'm not going to be on here for an, over an hour. Uh, I'm going to try to keep this as short, as sweet as possible. Um, just get right into the gist of, of what it is. We're going to talk about Battleground. I'm going to talk about the stuff with Kurt Angle. Um, I'm going to get into the next edition of Jay's pay-per-view rewind, which is going to be a cool one for me because I made a, a, a slight change to it for this particular episode forward, because like I said, for Jay's pay-per-view rewind, it is technically built toward the attitude era. Um, so it is the first, it is pay-per-views from WWE, WCW, and now since this particular uh, promotion started doing their pay-per-views in this year as well. And they were a major part of the Attitude Era as well. I will now be throwing in ECW pay-per-views into the compare and contrast uh, uh, section of that uh, part of the show. So this uh, week in Jay's uh, pay-per-view rewind, I will be doing three pay-per-views. WWE. WCW and ECW so that should be pretty fun and should be pretty interesting because in a scenario like last show which was uh, uh, the Great Balls of Fire preview slash Great Debate Part 2 where I had my boys Izzy Israel and Hector Ghost Rivera on there which was a great show if you haven't heard it yet go back to the archive and check out uh, episode 20 it was a long one but it was a great one and it was a very enjoyable one to do and like I said in that show, there will be more great debate shows coming in the future, and they are always fun to do. Um, <clears throat> I, there was uh, Jay's pay-per-view rewind segment there, and the two pay-per-views that WWE and WCW gave us in that particular month, both were kind of on the eh side of things. Not the greatest. So now that ECW is in the fold, we have another pay-per-view that where if ECW had a good one, we could brush off both WWE and WCW and give the praise more to ECW. You know what I mean? So that should be more interesting. Um, and let's see what else I got here on my notes here. Um, just some quick hits really fast. Um, uh, t talk about the whole thing with Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. Now apparently... There's a lot of MMA elements mixing up with the pro wrestling world that uh, rumors have, have running around rampant. In the case of Brock Lesnar, um, there's been rumors going around that uh, Brock Lesnar will not extend his contract after 2018 with WWE. And apparently there was a, a thing going around where Brock Lesnar is in the USDA, uh, USADA, uh, uh, testing pool which is the USADA is the company that the UFC has contracted to uh, deliberate um, drug test, drug testing, like the, the wellness policy. Um, <clears throat> and technically Brock Lesnar, uh, since he didn't pay the fine 
And uh, they took the win that he had over Mark Hunt last year away, made it a no contest, and he would have to be suspended for a year, just like John Jones. But apparently he didn't serve that suspension. It was frozen when he, quote unquote, retired. So if he does end up getting back into the UFC, he apparently has to serve that one year suspension. Um, so and and the UFC's sources have uh, since denied that Brock is in the USADA uh, uh, testing pool. Um, so but with the UFC and with Dana White, you never know. You know, what I mean, they could be doing stuff on the low and then try to surprise us because at the end of the day, UFC is all about making money and all about the revenue and all about the fans and all that other stuff. So believe me, if they wanted to coerce Sutton to bring Brock Lesnar back to the UFC, they're going to do it. Um, and, and there was rumors going around that his opponent could be John Jones. Uh, but we're kind of getting ahead of ourselves with that because Jones is a little busy this weekend. And uh, that's another thing I'm going to get into. Um, <clears throat> later on in the week, probably Thursday or, or Wednesday, Thursday or Friday, one of the, sometime toward the end of the week. I'm going to be doing another show. It's not going to be a Jay's Weekend Wrestling podcast. It is strictly going to be a UFC 214 preview. That is all. It's not. It's probably not going to be long. It's probably going to be the shortest show I've ever done. Or maybe it'll be longer. I'm not sure. Wherever the, you know, we're going to go with the flow on this. Um, I'll try to have somebody in there with me so we could do the debate. Or we could, you know, do the preview show and see what we can do with it. John Jones is challenging Daniel Cormier for the UFC light heavyweight title. Um, it is also co-main evented by Tyron Woodley defending the welterweight title against Damian Maya. And we have uh, Chris Cyborg going up against another victim. I forget the woman's name, but literally just another victim for <laughs> the vacant UFC 145 pound women's championship. And, and I'm not sure what the undercard is. Uh, I think we're going to... Oh, I think this is the same card with uh, Robbie Lawler and Donald Cerrone. So it's going to be a fantastic night of fights. And uh, I'm going to preview it later on in the week. I'll record a show. I'll have somebody on with me probably. And uh, it'll be a fun time uh, previewing uh, the UFC. Um. And, and next month is not only SummerSlam, but it is also Mayweather versus McGregor. And I do believe the Mayweather-McGregor fight is the weekend after SummerSlam. It's the Saturday after SummerSlam. So the month of August is going to be a really fun time, a really big deal for uh, combat sports and, and sports entertainment. So uh, next month is going to be a very enjoyable time to be doing these shows. Um Let's see here. Uh, another uh, MMA superstar who's probably looking to get to the other side. Um, Ronda Rousey has been uh, in the news lately, rumor-wise, rumor uh, maybe planning to jump ship to the WWE. Um, apparently, word is going around that they're thinking of doing a Ronda Rousey-Charlotte uh, uh, feud. Um, and and they, they've been filming the May Young Classic in Full Sail University where uh, they have the 32 girl, 32 women tournament. And uh, a close friend of Ronda Rousey, fellow uh, MMA, uh, I guess you can call her a pioneer. I, I, I wouldn't call her a pioneer, but I guess you can put her in that category because she was around back when women's MMA wasn't as popular and wasn't as prevalent. But uh, Shayna Baszler, 
is uh is is a competitor in the May Young Classic and is looking probably going to get signed by WWE by the time this is all said and done with. Now, in MMA, when Ronda Rousey was on top, when she was on top of the world in the UFC as champion, her and her training partners Shayna Baszler, Jessamyn Duke. And um, uh, Marina Shafir, who is a a judoka and also is the mother of Roderick Strong's child and I believe Roderick Strong's fiance, um, they made themselves known as the four horsewomen of MMA. Now, obviously, within that time, Charlotte, Sasha Banks, Becky Lynch and Bailey in NXT I guess kind of stole that or ripped it off and started calling themselves the four horsewomen of NXT. So during the May Young Classic, Shayna Baszler was wrestling. Ronda Rousey, Marina Shafir, and Jessamyn Duke were in the crowd. And on the other side, you had Bailey, Charlotte. Um, from the pictures, I didn't see Becky Lynch um, or Sasha, but uh, I saw Carmella. I'm not sure who was in the audience. But um, Shayna Baszler, I guess, won her match. I'm not sure what the results are of the May Young Classic. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do spoilers. The May Young Classic is gonna be on the network at some point after the summertime. I want to say, um, but uh, there was a picture of Shayna Baszler holding up the Four Horsewomen sign, and uh, with Ronda Rousey staring down Charlotte, who was standing on the other side, and they were all staring each other down. And apparently Sasha Banks has been talking crap about Ronda Rousey. So eventually this is going to lead to Ronda Rousey signing with WWE. I said it from the moment I saw her at WrestleMania 32 or 31. One of those. Where her and The Rock. And obviously they were doing fast the Fast movie at the time. But Ronda Rousey is a diehard WWE fan. Ronda Rousey, her name Rowdy, she took from Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, um, she actually, uh, Piper actually gave her the okay to use that name because the guy who trained her to do judo is the same guy that trained Piper to do judo, Judo Jean LaBelle. Um, so yeah, do I see Ronda Rousey in the WWE soon? Sure I do because I don't think, I, I don't think it's in Ronda Rousey's heart to do MMA anymore. And she's technically not retired, but uh, I, I can see it coming soon. I can see Ronda Rousey giving up on MMA and uh, possibly joining WWE. Um, <clears throat> with that being said, um, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn Part 3. Um, the card is coming together. I believe they already have a main event. I believe it's Bobby Roode defending the NXT title against Drew McIntyre. Um from what I understand, I think the authors of Pain are defending the tag team titles against Sanity. Um, Asuka is probably going to be defending the championship against Ember Moon. Um, I'm not sure. Asuka still hasn't been on TV because uh, she hasn't got any competition yet. <laughs> but she's very close to breaking New Day's uh, Raw tag team title record. Um, she's very close. Um, so I, I believe, you know. Uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn is going to be a fun show. I do believe that's where we will see the debut of Adam Cole, hopefully. Uh, we already seen Bobby Fish, and I do believe this week is the episode of NXT where we will see Kyle O'Reilly. 
um, and with Alistair Black and 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 uh, Chris Hero, aka Cassius Ono, he's probably gonna wrestle uh, Hideo Itami because they've been feuding. So it, NXT Takeover Brooklyn Part Three should be should be a pretty good card. I'm not gonna poo on it. Uh, uh, it's probably gonna be the weaker of the cards compared to the first two, but let's wait and see. Um, I've, uh, I'm so bummed. I'm not going to be in New York this year for, for, for SummerSlam weekend. I've gone to NXT takeover Brooklyn the first two times. And, uh, you know, now I'm a Floridian. So, <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, I'll be able to check it out in the, the, the comfiness of my home and see it on my big screen TV and just hang out. So it is what it is, man. But NXT takeover Brooklyn is is looking good SummerSlam is gonna come around the night after and that's gonna look all right so uh i mean let's get into uh should i talk about kurt angle first <sighs> you know what no i'll talk about battleground first and then i'll get into kurt angle because considering raw is in a little while uh i might as well talk about raw last so uh <clears throat> let's get into the battleground pay-per-view from last night uh, which obviously was main evented by Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton in the Punjabi prison. I'll get into that in a little bit. But first, from Jump Street, let's get into the preview show. Aiden English defeated Ty Dillinger. Um, I'm a little shocked. I'm a little shocked by it. Uh, uh, Aiden English, I was a fan of his on NXT before he became part of uh, the Vaude Villains with uh, Simon Gotch. I was actually surprised that they put him as a tag team because his gimmick at the time was uh was getting over it was getting some traction him doing the the singing the opera style and all that and then out of the blue they put him in the tag team with simon gotch and and i was actually a fan of the vaude villains in nxt once they came up to the main roster they kind of flopped and wwe didn't really know how to handle them and what to do with them and eventually simon gotch got the boot and now aiden english is trying to get some traction on his own doing the gimmick that got him over in the first place um and it's just uh, it's just not working right now and unfortunately now they're gonna try to push him and guys like ty dillinger who's probably one of the more popular guys that came over from nxt is is gonna eat some eat some losses and you know and it is what it is you know what i mean um do i see this as a letdown for ty dillinger i mean i guess but at the same time, they're trying to do something with Aiden. So uh, let's see let's see where that goes. That match went 9 minutes and 45 seconds. So they gave them a little bit of time during the pre-show. First match of the night in terms of the pay-per-view, the New Day defeated the Usos to become the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. <clears throat> uh, now, the overall consensus to, for a lot of people was this was the match of the night, and I tend to agree. Um, there was a lot of good spots. Uh, uh, you know, the, the elbow that, that, uh, Woods hit from one side of the ring to the other was pretty, pretty damn impressive. Um, you know, and these guys are going to keep on fighting. They're going to, this is going to stretch to SummerSlam. I know that. Um, and, uh, eventually I see the new day holding on and eventually feuding with whatever team it was that attacked, uh, Brizongo later on in the night. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Because there's rumors circulating around of who that particular tag team could be. Um, this match went 13 minutes and 50 seconds. So uh, New Day are, is now the first team 
because we like uh, our revisionist history, the first team to win the SmackDown and Raw Tag Team champ titles. <clears throat> Up next, we had Shinsuke Nakamura defeating Baron Corbin by disqualification. This match went 12 minutes and 25 seconds. Um, <sighs> I mean, They need to get... I'm going to just throw this out there right now. They need to get that briefcase off of Baron Corbin. Because Baron Corbin... And I've been saying this for a long time. For someone that big and for someone, you know, that lanky and for someone who has such a background, MMA, jujitsu, football, all this other stuff, he is whack. He is garbage. The dude doesn't have it, man. He has like one or two moves that I actually like. And it's a shame that... uh, to put Shinsuke Nakamura in there with this with this guy is is a disservice to Shinsuke Nakamura, and it's a disservice to the fans. Baron Corbin is not good; he is still green as grass, and that and that's that he's been doing this for a couple years already. You know what I mean? So uh, they, it's <sighs> next match, man. Um, <laughs> uh, they had the Fatal Five Way. To determine the number one contender for Naomi's uh, SmackDown Women's Championship at SummerSlam. Um, Natalia defeated Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, Lana, and Tamina. And uh, I have that match win 11 minutes and I have the order of the eliminations. Becky Lynch uh, eliminated Tamina with the disarmor. Then she eliminated Lana with the disarmor. Then Natalia de- uh, eliminated Becky Lynch with a roll-up. And then at the 11-minute mark, Natalia actually pinned... Uh, Charlotte Flair after Charlotte hit her head on the top turnbuckle. Oh, I'm sorry, the bottom turnbuckle, and Natalia rolled her up. Am I, I'm I'm kind of surprised that Natalia got the win. Uh, I would expect them to try to put Charlotte in that big spot match in SummerSlam against against Naomi, unless this is just uh throwing Natalia a bone. I mean, Natalia hasn't had a title in years. You know what I mean? Maybe they figure, you know, let, let Natalia get this spot. I mean, eventually, what's going to happen is whoever wins at SummerSlam, I see Carmella cashing in and getting the belt. That's who I see as the future SmackDown Women's Champion, especially with SummerSlam being in New York and Carmella's from New York. So uh, no matter what they do with that match, I see Carmella leaving SummerSlam early, early, uh, predictions. I see Carmella leaving SummerSlam as the women's champion. Um, in a disappointing 17 minutes and 50 seconds, Kevin Owens defeats AJ Styles for the United States title. Um, you expect better from these two. Um, I've seen these guys wrestle a million times. I mean, that's kind of exaggerated, but I've seen them wrestle a lot throughout the years. And this is not their best match (laughs) by far um you know to see kevin owens and aj styles names on paper together you would assume that'll probably be the match of the night um but uh kevin owens pretty much pins aj with like a back suplex or or i think aj went for the 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 freaking calf calf killer the calf crusher and uh, KO rolled them up, but they did they did the the screw up finish where AJ's shoulders were off the mat, but the referee it was not in his visual uh it wasn't in his visual, 
So the ref didn't see the shoulder up, and he just counted the three, and that was it. And KO's the for the third time, he's the United States champion. Uh, now they're going to have another match because of the rematch clause. And I hope it happens during the week and not at SummerSlam because I, I don't want to see these guys wrestle again for a while. You know what I mean? I want something different for AJ. I would love to see AJ in the title picture. Uh, for SummerSlam, but I think that accolade is going to go to somebody else who I'm going to talk about right now, who was victorious at 21 minutes and 10 seconds. Captain America himself, John Cena, defeated Rusev in a flag match. <sighs> Freaking gimmicky-ass, old-school-ass match, a flag match. Pretty much what a flag match is, I think, from what I remember from the old school, is uh, the winner is the person that is able to grab their flag from the corner post and uh, and get the win. But uh, I, I, I actually caught the pay-per-view from this point because I was actually out of the house and I saw the rest of it later. Um, it was decent. It wasn't the, the drizzling shits, but it, was, it wasn't great. You know what I mean? So Captain America gets the win. And, and, and remember, John Cena is a free agent. So don't be surprised if he's on Monday Night Raw tonight, um, you know, feuding with somebody new or talking crap to somebody because we need John Cena in a big pivotal part in SummerSlam. And who knows where that's going to be, whether it be Raw or SmackDown. Um, <laughs> we had the segment with Breeze Ongo trying to figure out who who attacked, who attacked them or, or some craziness. And then supposedly the Ascension comes out and the Ascension says it was them. And then they prove that it wasn't them. And then all of a sudden they get attacked from behind from a mystery tag team. Now, the rumor rumor mill going around, word around the campfire is that this particular tag team that is attacking Breezango is the reunited Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Now, if that's the case, I feel sad for Eric uh, Luke Harper because this is painfully obvious that whatever momentum he had as a single went right down the toilet and they do not know what to do with this man by himself and eric rowan is 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 lost by himself as well i feel the bloom is off the rose with these guys if they're gonna put them back together they need to be monsters they need to be unstoppable i feel like i've been saying this for years already that Luke Harper and Eric Rowan should have been tag team champions straight out of NXT when they were feuding with the Usos who were floundering back then as baby faces and, and they had the Usos beat them every single time. I feel they should have had the Wyatt family should have taken over the WWE. I feel Bray Wyatt should have had the belt from 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 years ago. And I feel like Luke Harper and Eric Rowan should have had the tag titles years ago. And they should have just dominated the WWE. But yeah, it is what it is, man. Um, but I I hope it is Luke Harper and Eric Rowan. Because the tag team scene on SmackDown is getting thinner and thinner by the minute. So they need good tag teams. And if New Day is going to be a prominent team. And if they're going to beat the Usos again at SummerSlam and hold on to these belts. They need another team to feud with. And... It should be with uh, with the former Wyatt family. Why not? We get in the co-main event. <laughs> this match should have probably been on the pre-show as well. But poor Mike Bennett. That's all I got to say. Because uh, 
Sami Zayn defeats Mike Kanellis with Maria in 7 minutes and 15 seconds. <coughs> First pay-per-view for this dude and he gets an L. That's not that's usually not a good sign for uh for Mr. Bennett, Mr. Kanellis. Uh, that's not a good that's not a good look. Um I mean, but what do you do? Do you let Sami Zayn keep losing? Or, you know, you let the guy that you're trying to make something out of lose his first pay-per-view. So they decided to go with Mike Bennett taking the taking the L with the Huluva kick. Um, now on to the main event. Now, I, I posted this on Facebook. Now, I'm going to be totally honest here, okay? I didn't read any uh, uh, newsletters. I didn't read any uh, uh, dirt sheets. I didn't read anything concerning this main event of any rumors that are going around about anything. No lie and in front of God and and, and like I said on Facebook and I'm going to say it uh, and I'm going to say it with my voice uh, as Steve uh, uh, Nosomowitz, who is uh, 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 from the S&D podcast, as he is my witness, I called the great Kali coming out probably five to, to seven minutes into the match. We were Facebook messaging each other trying to figure out how Randy Orton is going to lose this match because he's not going to win. <laughs> I pretty much, you know, we, obviously, from, from my understanding and, and in general, uh, uh, the common knowledge is that people believe that Jinder Mahal's losing of the belt will go to John Cena. Um, but I knew for a fact in my brain and in my heart that Randy Orton was not winning this match. It, it was just uh, how he was going to lose is the point. So let's just get right to it. This match lasted 27 minutes and 40 seconds, uh, by far the longest match of the night. Um, they gave these guys a lot of time, and it is a Punjabi prison match for the WWE title, Jinder Mahal defeating Randy Orton. Um, Jinder Mahal had a lot of help in this match. Lots of it from the Singh brothers, the Bollywood boys, whatever you want to call them. And with a returning superstar who is the who is the innovator of the Punjabi prison. Now, for those who have never seen a Punjabi prison match before this and those who haven't seen the match yet, here's what a Punjabi prison is. It's pretty much two cages uh, that are supposedly built out of steel reinforced bamboo. OK, uh, so the object is. While you're in the first structure, there are four doors surrounding it in each corner. You have at any point the option to tell the referee that is outside to open the door. Once the referee opens the door, you have 60 seconds to get out. If the 60 seconds elapse and you don't get out of the door, they lock that door with a padlock. So as obviously time goes on, each door gets locked. The guys are stuck in there. There's decent spots in this thing. There's some hard way. Uh, Randy Orton gets hit pretty good with a candlestick stick across the back. He has a lot of welts on the on his back and a lot of bruising and a lot of cuts, which made it look cool. Finally got some brutality in one of these things because Lord knows every time they do a damn hell, hell in a cell or a cage, there's not even a hint of blood, for God's sakes. We finally get something here, some sort of color in this match. Um Long story short, by the time both guys get out of the first structure, uh, uh, the Singh brothers have made their way into the match, trying to help Jinder Mahal at every chance they could. Um, eventually, Randy Orton disposes of the Singh brothers with one pretty crazy spot with uh, one of the Bollywood boys was, was on the outside structure of the second structure. 
Randy was on top and ends up throwing him off going through the table, which was probably the best spot of the night. Um, and then Randy Orton eventually disposes of both Singh brothers and of Jinder Mahal. And then he goes up to the top of the structure where Jinder Mahal's music plays. And my prediction came true when the great Kali, who hasn't been in WWE in a few years, comes out to a decent reaction. A lot of people actually popped when great Kali came out there. He looks the same. He doesn't look that much older. He still has that, you know, he, he's a giant. So that that awkward looking walk because his knees are probably jacked up. So he, he's walking to the ring and uh, Randy Orton has that shocked look on his face. He tries to keep on climbing, uh, uh, but Great Khali grabs the, the outside structure cage and he shakes it up like King Kong and, and Randy falls over. And then uh, Khali climbs up the, the second structure a couple of a couple of feet up and then he just grabs Randy Orton by the throat and literally just chokes him out while Jinder Mahal climbs out and, and, and wins the match and retains the belt. Um <clears throat> A lot of people are are uh, poo pooing the the end the finish. I I enjoyed it. I I didn't really think too much of it. Uh, you know, I figured the great Kali will make an appearance because for those of you who don't know your history, um, a few years back, I believe in 2012, when Jinder Mahal made his debut, he made his debut as the rich, uh, brother-in-law of the great Kali. Um, they did end up feuding after that for a little while, but uh. Jinder Mahal was technically, in storyline purposes, family. He was related to the great Kali. So, uh, you know, um, and then he mentioned when he made the stipulation for the Punjabi prison that it was created by his hero, the great Kali. So I knew Kali was going to be, uh, 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 what do you call that, uh, a threat somewhere in here. He was going to be some sort of uh, uh, part in this. Um but I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed the match for what it was. I wasn't expecting a five-star spectacular. You know what I mean? Uh, my expectations were low, especially with the way WWE has uh, uh, decided to show us their their cage matches and their Hell in the Cells lately. Um, but, you know, it, it was okay. You know what I mean? It was a decent way to end the night. I, I wasn't mad at it like a lot of other people were. You guys are expecting too much. Yeah, I mean, like, your expectations are too high. Put your expectations a little bit lower, and you'll have a better night. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so that was Battleground. That was the last pay-per-view leading up to the road to SummerSlam. Oh. And, um, you know, like I said, the road to SummerSlam is, is, is already on the way, is already here. And uh, let's get into uh, Monday Night Raw really quick. Uh, just the results from last week, not really the results, because I'm not going to get into the whole show, just the the main pretty much storyline that has gone down. Not only uh, the return of Braun Strowman, because he came back and uh, put his nose inside of the main event between Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe, and now from what it's looking like, it's looking like SummerSlam is going to be a fatal four-way for the world title. Uh, I'm sorry, the universal title at SummerSlam between Brock Lesnar defending the belt against Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns, and Braun Strowman. The only thing that I'm thinking about, where does John Cena fit in there? Because I saw a tweet earlier today. Roman Reigns was talking about he brings the big fight and all this other stuff. And John Cena re re uh, replied to his tweet and said, if you're looking for a big fight, you know, don't, don't, uh, what he said. 
he mentioned something like don't write a check that your ass can't cash or some craziness like that and then he put hashtag raw so john cena could easily show up tonight and uh, get in the face of Roman Reigns. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, for the most part, for my understanding and for what I feel is going to happen, I feel it's going to be a fatal four-way between Brock, Roman, Joe, and, and Strowman at SummerSlam for the belt. I feel John Cena is probably going to go after Jinder Mahal. Um, but yeah, <sighs> Kurt Angle. <laughs> Kurt freaking Angle for weeks has been uh, uh, alluding to this to this craziness, this thing that has happened that can probably jeopardize his job, uh, 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 sully his reputation as an Olympic gold medalist and as a man and, and, and to his family and all this other and all this other stuff. He finally ha- makes the announcement uh, to the world and to the WWE universe last week that in college, he was dating a girl, and um, he got her pregnant, and she didn't tell him about it. Um, and nine months later, she gave birth to a boy. So he has an illegitimate son that he didn't know about. And now he knows who that son is, and that son is a WWE superstar at the moment. He announces him, and it is Jason Jordan from American Alpha. Um, and now Jason Jordan is the newest member of the Raw roster. <laughs> just just when you think WWE has done it all, right? Just when you think you've seen it all in wrestling, WWE does this. <laughs> Listen, man, whatever. <laughs> what can come of this? I don't know. <laughs> all I know is that eventually... This is going to lead to a match with Kurt, uh, maybe against his own son. I don't know. Maybe at some point Jason Jordan gets corrupted by Triple H or, 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 or you know, Kurt Angle does lose his uh, general manager position over this and he ends up back in the ring. It's going to lead to something. And I was hoping it would have led to Kurt Angle versus Triple H at, at, at SummerSlam, but is SummerSlam too close? I'm not sure. We can find out a lot about that tonight. Um, but uh, it, it, it's funny. I, I had a chuckle out of it. Uh, I would like to see. I'm interested to see where they're going to go with the whole Jason Angle storyline here. Um, but it, I was not expecting that. <laughs> I was expecting something like Stephanie McMahon to come out because there was a history there. You know, with Kurt having a crush on Steph and then him bringing that back up and then him feuding with triple h i could have saw that but i never expected something like this with jason jordan listen it can go one of two ways for jason jordan from here on out jason jordan could get a huge push you know take the ball run with it and 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 become a superstar or he can take the ball run and trip over his own feet and become an absolute bum, and within a year, no one will even care about him. I mean, does anybody remember David San Martino? I figured. <laughs> David San Martino was the son of Bruno San Martino. Uh, uh, Bruno San Martino is the man that has the the record of being the longest WWE champion ever. I think he held the title for what eight years, nine years. 
some craziness like that. <clears throat> um, his son came in while Bruno was about to pretty much call it a, a, a career. He had one match at WrestleMania. It was David and Bruno versus uh, the Dream Team, I believe. Well, it was Brutus Beefcake and uh, Jimmy Va- uh, J- is it Johnny Valiant, I believe. Uh, yeah, David San Martino didn't last another, what, eight months in WWE, and he was gone from there. <sighs> Never to be seen or remembered again. <laughs> but, yeah, man, I-, I have high hopes for Jason Jordan. He's a great wrestler. We're going to find out. If 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 uh, he has what it takes to be a star, if he can talk, we're gonna see if he can if he got what it takes. They're gonna push this thing hard. I'm telling you, they're gonna give him Kurt Angle's. I won't be surprised if they give him Angle's music. I won't be surprised if they give him Angle's gear. They they're gonna go with this. They are. Let's just see if Jason Jordan has what it takes. Um. With that out the way, Monday Night Raw is literally probably a half an hour away. Uh, to end this episode, uh, I'm going to get into Jay's pay-per-view rewind with the inclusion of ECW. <laughs> First, I'm uh, it, this is 1997. I'm against WWE's King of the Ring. Uh, 1997, I'm against WCW's Great American Bash from 1997. And ECW's very first pay-per-view, Barely Legal. All right. Um, so let's start off with the Great American Bash from WCW. <clears throat> the first match on this card, we have the ultimate, the ultimate, because uh, for some reason they stopped calling him Ultimo. Ultimate Dragon defeated Psychosis, who had Sonny Ono in his corner. Apparently, Sonny Ono betrayed uh, the Ultimo Dragon, and he started uh, recruiting people to try to beat Ultimo Dragon, so he started recruiting guys from uh, the Cruiserweight division from Mexico. That match went 14 minutes and 20 seconds. So, interesting. I'm pretty sure that was pretty good. I, I, I remember seeing this card uh, a while back. Um, the Harlem Heat, Booker T, Stevie Ray with Sherry, defeated the Steiner Brothers by disqualification. I believe this is where uh, Virgil, uh, Vincent in the NWO, deliberately hit one of the Harlem Heat, I believe it was Booker, uh, to get uh, the Steiners disqualified. And then after the match, the Steiner brothers just murdered Vince, murdered Vincent. Uh, and that match was 12 minutes. Uh, Conan defeated Hugh Morris. This match was not good. Uh, in the battle of the two guys that were in the Dungeon of Doom, uh, this match lasted 10 minutes and 34 seconds. This match wasn't great. Uh Up next, we had Glacier defeating Wrath with James Vandenberg and Mortis. That match went, uh, that match went twelve minutes. Eh, the Mortal Kombat match. It was eh. <laughs> Akira Hokuto with Sonny Ono defeated Medusa in a title versus career match. Uh, obviously, that stipulation didn't last too long because Medusa was still on the roster. Um, but yeah, Akira Hokuto defeated Medusa in a pretty decent match. It went 11 minutes. Chris Benoit defeated Ming in a return death match. I'm not going to even attempt to make another joke about Chris Benoit in death matches. My Wi-Fi might go out again. <laughs> and if you don't get the joke, check out episode 20. <laughs> that match went 15 minutes. Um, Kevin Green of the Carolina Panthers defeated Steve Mongo McMichael in 9 minutes. I'm not going to even bother. Um, 
The Outsiders, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, defended the WCW Tag Team Championships and defeated Ric Flair and Rowdy Roddy Piper. And in the main event, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, defeated Diamond Dallas Page in a Falls Count Anywhere match that lasted 17 minutes. So, for this card, I would say the main event, Savage and Page, those were amazing matches. So, Savage and Page was probably the best match of the night, for sure. Um, I'd say Benoit and Ming in the death match. I'm pretty sure that was good. Uh, I don't remember the difference between that one and the other one. I'm pretty sure there was a lot of interference probably with uh, with uh, Kevin Sullivan in the first one. Uh, and I would say pff, the Outsiders and Flair and Piper was probably a good match. So I'd say out of the nine matches on this card, three of them were, were pretty good. Um, let's go into WWE's. King of the Ring from 1997. We have one dark match. It was the Headbangers. Mosh and Thrasher defeating Bart Gunn and Jesse James. Six minutes. Pretty sure that wasn't great. Uh, King of the Ring semifinal match. We had Triple H. Hunter Hearst Helmsley with China. The late China. Defeating Ahmed Johnson in seven minutes and 42 seconds. Mankind defeated Jerry Lawler in a King of the Ring semifinal match in 10 minutes and 24 seconds. Um, we have Gold Dust with Marlena defeating Crush with D'Lo Brown and Clarence Mason in 9 minutes and 56 seconds. We had the Hart Foundation, Owen Hart, British Bulldog, and Jim the Anvil Nightheart defeating Psycho Sid and the Legion of Doom in a six-man tag team match. I'm sure that was pretty good. 13 minutes and 37 seconds. Then in the finals of the King of the Ring, you had Triple H, Hunter Hersomsley defeating Mankind in 20 minutes. I'm sure that was good. Then in uh, a co-main event, Shawn Michaels and Stone Cold Steve Austin and in a double disqualification. If I remember this correctly, I think Austin had hit Michaels with a stunner at one point and uh, Brian Pillman was ringing the bell and distracted Austin. And then I'm sure both of them hit the ref from what I remember. So, yeah, this was a double DQ. Uh, 22 minutes and 29 seconds. So two big matches back to back. With uh, Triple H, Mankind, Steve Austin, and Michaels. And in the main event, The Undertaker defended the WWE title, defeating Farouk uh, in 13 minutes and 43 seconds. Now, the significance to this, Farouk was being pushed big time back then as the leader of the Nation of Domination. And uh, he was seen as a threat uh, to a lot of guys. And uh, I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, this match was okay. It wasn't that bad. So... Going down the card from what I can see, I'm pretty sure uh, this one would have beaten WCW. I can see it right now. Four to three, this card would have beat WCW. Um, but that's not the case right now. Let's see how ECW's barely legal 1997 stacks up to these two cards. Um, obviously, like I said, this is ECW's first pay-per-view. Seven matches on the card. Let's get right down to it. The first match is for the ECW Tag Team Championship. The Eliminators, John Cronus and Perry Saturn, defeated the w the Dudley Boys, Bubba Ray Dudley and Devon Dudley. Uh, six minutes and 11 seconds. This match was pretty good. Um, second match, Rob Van Dam, a young Rob Van Dam, defeated Lance Storm in 10 minutes and 10 seconds. Both of those guys, whenever they work together, put on amazing matches, and this one was pretty good, except for some weak-ass chair shots by Lance Storm. Um, but besides that, Van Dam was at his peak 
Van Dam was at his prime, and after the match, he put on a great promo, pretty much uh, considering himself Mr. Monday Night and saying if ECW didn't uh, appreciate his talents, then he would take his talents somewhere else, referring to WWE. <clears throat> Number three, the Japanese imports. You had the great Sasuke, Grand Hamada, and Masato Yakusiji. Uh, Defeated the BWO, the Blue World Order of Japan, which is Takamichinoku, Dick Togo, and Men's Teo, a.k.a. Terry Boy. That match went 16 minutes and 55 seconds. That was a good match as well. Um, Shane Douglas defended the ECW television title along with Francine in his corner, defeating Pitbull, the late Pitbull 2 uh, in 20 minutes and 43 seconds. I was never a fan of the Pitbulls. Uh, the one thing I could tell you about the Pitbulls, they were some big, strong bastards. But for the most part, I could tolerate Gary Wolf, Pitbull 1, but Pitbull 2, Anthony Durante, I never got behind. Especially at this time where Shane Douglas, I believe, injured the neck of, of Gary Wolf, Pitbull 1. He broke his neck and then he was feuding with Pitbull 2. And Pitbull 2, Anthony Durante, I was never a fan of. Um, even though Shane put on a good match. With Pitbull number two, I just for the heck of it, I didn't, I, I, I never liked the Pitbulls, so I can't get behind it. The match of the night for me, which uh, I think it stole the show because this match was, it was built up so much for over a year that when these two finally got in the ring, it was something special, man. Taz with Bill Alfonso defeating Sabu. And let me tell you something, man. Like I said, the buildup to this match was extraordinary. It was great. If you have the network, go back. They have all the ECW, pretty much all the ECW uh, on TV episodes. from I say from mid to late 96 into 97. Check out the Sabu Taz feud. It is great shit. It is great. Um... It's Taz getting the choke out on Sabu with the Taz mission, the Kata Hajime. And at the end of the match, uh, they were showing respect to each other. Taz and Sabu shook hands. And then all of a sudden, Taz gets attacked by Rob Van Dam. And then all of a sudden, Van Dam and Sabu are beating up Taz at the same time. And Taz gets uh, kind of double-crossed here by Bill Alfonso. And that's when Bill Alfonso ends up being the manager for both Rob Van Dam and Sabu. Um, but that match went 17 minutes and 49 seconds. Now, this co-main event is going to lead into the main event. This is a three-way dance to determine the man that will face Raven for the ECW Heavyweight Championship. Uh, in the same, right after the match is over, you jump into the main event. Terry Funk, 53-year-old Terry Funk at the time. Terry Funk defeated the Sandman, Stevie Richards, who was the leader of the Blue World Order. Um, and let me tell you, man, that match went 19 minutes and 10 seconds. Terry Funk, for his age, put on a show. He put on a freaking show. Between this event and Born to be Wired, which was their next uh, show after this, this dude is <laughs> hes just unbelievable. And it's amazing that that man is still alive today. Uh, Terry Funk, I believe... Uh, how did he? I think he hit Sandman with a moonsault to get the win, and then he did something to Stevie. I forgot what he hit Stevie with, but uh, 
he gets the win, and then right away, the world champion Raven, who they've been feuding, him and Funk have been feuding for, for, for pretty much the whole year. And Raven telling Terry Funk, you remind me of my father, an old, drunk, abusive bastard. And then uh, Terry Funk sees Raven as this young punk uh, 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 entitled, like, sucker. You know, it, it was just... And then Terry Funk gets the win over Raven at 7 minutes and 20 seconds to become the ECW heavyweight champion. Um, with the crowd going crazy, uh, Terry Funk all bloody and beat up. And... and he, and at his age, winning the belt. It was a great story, man. People in the crowd were crying, cheering, chanting ECW. It was a big night for ECW. Um, I mean, King of the Ring. I mean, either way, WCW is not in the running for me to win this this week. It is definitely between WWE, King of the Ring, and ECW, uh, Barely Legal. Um, just for the sympathetic pick, man, I'm going to go with ECW's first pay-per-view. I felt like that show ended on such a high. I'd rather see the Terry Funk uh, triple, th triple threat into the uh, Terry Funk versus Raven match than see Undertaker versus Farouk. Um, I mean, it's hard to beat Austin and Michaels. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I give the nod to ECW in their first pay-per-view. Um, they put on a great show, and I feel like um, they they deserve the nod on this one. In a in an in an upset, ECW barely legal gets their ECW is on the board. They get their first win here on Jay's pay per view rewind. Um, and uh, I mean, and uh, unless I unless I covered everything, uh, one bit of news. I mean. Austin Aries asked for his release, apparently, uh, and that's a shame. That's a big shame because I thought Austin Aries could be a star in WWE. And, uh, you know, he had that match with Neville at, on the WrestleMania preview show, which I felt was the match of the whole freaking night besides AJ Styles and Shane McMahon. Um, apparently, he didn't like his, posi his position in the company, being stuck to 205 Live. Um, you know, I, I, I agree. I felt like they could have done a lot more with someone of Austin Aries' talent. Um, but let's see, maybe this is something that if he left on good terms, maybe he could come back. Hopefully. You know I mean? Austin Aries is a great wrestler, a, a great athlete, and he's a star. You know what I mean? So hopefully in the future, uh, we can see Austin Aries back. You know what I mean? Um, so besides that, man, I think that's pretty much it. Um, this has been episode number 21. We are officially legal. <laughs> um, I'm, I will be back later in the week to preview UFC 214. Um, and uh, Monday Night Raw is going to come on any minute now. So <laughs> I'm going to jump on that. <laughs> so uh, everyone, thank you for listening. You, once again, I am Jay. You can catch me on the S&D Podcast channel. Uh, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or whatever you get your podcast from. Uh, big shout out to Steve, to Dan. Happy birthday, big boy. It was his birthday the other day. Big ups to my man, Dan. Hit the big 3-0. Um, shout out to Vin. Shout out to, to Weissman and Oz, uh, uh, the Rising Apple. Just big ups to the S&D Podcast channel, man. We're doing big things here. Um, once again, I am Jay. I'll be back later in the week. Catch y'all. Peace.